everybody, it is time for the Mainland Podcast. Once again, it is episode number 165. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of the Mainland.com, an SB Nation site covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, Orlando City B, and uh, all things Orlando soccer related. So uh, joining me as always is our own David Rowe up in Tallahassee. Dave, how are you this week? I am fully recovered from the Saturday that was a Saturday of awesomeness for me, except for the pride. But uh, but yeah, it was a really good Saturday for me, and my voice is fortunately back in time for the podcast. Um, I started a new job on, uh, well, today, and uh, I'm exhausted, Woo! so I'm uh, probably about the same energy level as I was last week, so that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> I'm going to just try to... <laughs> fight through it though um because we got some some points to talk about but also some big news coming out this week uh, the club deemed it a major club announcement it happened today as we record this on tuesday night and the major announcement is dave the stadium orlando city stadium has a name sponsor finally in year three of its existence and you know, I just want to—I just want to say, Dave, that we've had many, many questions about st- uh, naming rights for the stadium throughout the uh, the years. Yes, and we you know, have. And you know, my stance on the naming rights uh, issue is that you know, enjoy Orlando City Stadium while you can, because you don't know what is going to happen. And uh, we now have Exploria Stadium. Yeah, we do. Did I did I not warn people to not, you know, to be careful what they wish for? Oh, they they were duly warned on this very podcast. <laughs> I try to warn people, and and yet they get their hopes up, and they get a, you're almost never going to get a sponsor you want. Almost never in this kind of situation. If you're lucky, you get you get one that's not too bad. But you know, I didn't want like a seat geek situation. Like they yeah. got up in uh, in Illinois, and uh, you know, I didn't want a map free situation like they got up in Columbus. So it's it's Exploria, Dave, and it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. It's entirely too many syllables, <laughs> and it's a nonsense made up word, and it's also a timeshare company. And yet, it could have been worse because it could have been Exploria Res- Re- Resorts Stadium. I almost would have rather. Explore. I almost would have rather had the resorts in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Because then people it would explains go, it. <laughs> well, because until today, Dave, this very day, I had never heard of this company. I don't think anybody had ever heard of this company until today. So it's like you know, if you said Exploria Resort Stadium, at least people wouldn't go, "What the hell is Exploria?" Because it's right in the name; it's a resort company, you know. <laughs> but now we're gonna have fun with that. Um, you know, all around the league when we when we, you know oh, yeah. come here. What is Exploria? I don't know. It's um, it's it's a company that apparently paid a lot of money for the rights to call a stadium Exploria Stadium. So that's what Exploria is. Well, um, if if I was to echo the uh, some of the comments online, I would say it better be a lot of money. Mm. Well, this is uh, Dave. I mean, this team could have sold the naming rights. Uh, they could have lowered the price and, and just gotten any old naming partner uh, along the way. But they held firm, I think, to their 
their asking price and you know you don't ever want to devalue your inventory by you know lowering the price and um, you know I've I've personally known teams and in, in sports teams that have done that and have regretted it uh, mm-hmm. big time I actually worked for one of those um, where they lost their naming rights partner and they 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 just scrambled to get a new one and that didn't go very well um, so yeah it's it is a case of be careful what you wish for but this is it's good for the club because it's cash for the club is it is it going to instantly have the team going out and buying uh, Ronaldo no that's not what this money <laughs> is going to do but you know this this is a club that wants to open and customize not one but two training sites yep and make them state of the art that money's got to come from somewhere well guess where it came from <laughs> explorer guess what just paid for the uh, the new prides training uh, customization at uh, Lake S- uh, Sylvan Lake Park and uh, the new Osceola Heritage Park conversion. Uh, it's it's a company called Exploria Resorts. <laughs> we we need we need to at some point record a, uh, a an echoing Exploria Oria Oria. <laughs> well, I still think somebody needs to. Um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to steal the St. Louis Blues Thunder because I think they got a great thing going and I I love what they've done because. People bag on 80s music, and it drives me crazy, but the St. Louis Blues are showing how cool and fun 80s music was with their Laura Branigan-themed thing. So I don't want to steal that Gloria, but I want to steal U2's Gloria, and I want somebody to write a song where it's Exploria to the theme of U2's Gloria. U2's Gloria. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I like it. So, (laughs) uh, I mean... Yeah, we got a call. We got a yes. A lot of people are upset, but you know, I told them this was going to happen, so <laughs> they can still be upset, even though I told them this was going to happen. But they didn't really prepare for it. They didn't really listen to me and say, uh, "Let's just enjoy Orlando City Stadium while we have it." And um, right, they didn't do that. They were just like, "When are they going to sell the naming rights? When are they going to sell the naming rights?" Why'd they sell the naming rights to them? That's who gave them the money. That's how it works. That's how yeah. this whole thing works. It's 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 you don't get to say you know, uh, you know I really like to get auto parts from AutoZone. Let's get AutoZone as a as a sponsor. That's not how it works. I really like to drink Coca Cola. Maybe they could be our sponsor. That's not how it works. It is who brings you the money? Who shows you the money? And that is uh, apparently Exploria Resorts. Yeah, I'd have been all for a, a beer-based sponsor uh, to, you know, have more beer at the stadium. But it, I don't get what I want either. And uh, in addition to that, um, if people are acting surprised that they had this, you know, they said we're going to have a, you know, this big thing and there's an announcement for the club and this and that and then people were surprised when they came out with the naming rights and then you know they were then surprised that it was okay they can be surprised that it was exploring because like you said nobody had ever heard of the company but Mm -hmm. still you can't really when when they when they say we're coming out with a big announcement at this point in the season when 
you know, there's everybody knows there's no money. There's been no rumors of any players or anything like that. It's not. The, um, it's not even a, tra- a transfer window. It's and it's not the transfer window. So there's there's just no. You know, there's the, it literally could have been maybe one other thing, but I can't think of what that would be. And so you knew it, I knew it, and anybody who is at all paying attention knew it was going to be the naming rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think people just got their expectations up a little too high. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted Publix Park so badly, except Publix. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody was stopping Publix from ponying up the money, except, no. the, except the, the bosses at Publix. So yep. if you are mad that it's not Publix Park, take it up with Publix. Or, you know, maybe take your shopping down the street to Albertsons or where, wherever. I don't do. They still have Albertsons. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Um, but Win Dixie's are, are still around. You can go there. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it is what it is. They sold the naming rights. It's. It, we, I was. I was about seventy five percent sure we were probably not ever going to get a company that you know would make us go, oh, that's really cool. Right. Because you almost never get a company that goes, "Oh, that's really cool." <laughs> it's usually a bank, or you know, it's somebody terrible. with money. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It is. It's people with money. I mean, and it, it makes sense for this market because timeshares and, and vacationing is, is is a big part of this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember the outrage. But I'm not a Magic fan. I'm not an Orlando Magic fan. But was there a lot of outrage? Uh, maybe people can write in and tell us because Dave, you're up in Tallahassee. I, I lived here, but I don't know. Was there an outcry when the Magic's building naming rights were bought by a pyramid scheme? <laughs> uh, I'm sure there was online, but you know, other than that, I, I mean, not that I, not that I'm aware. Of, but you're right. I mean, I'm up here, so I'm four hours away from any of that stuff, and. Um, uh, the only basketball I ever watch is, is uh, March Madness, so uh, I'm I'm one of the last people to ask about that. Um, but I would like you know if you're listening and you remember, let us know. Yeah, um, let us definitely let us know of what your thoughts were at the time uh, and whether or not there was an outrage. I don't remember hearing about an outrage, but again, you know, I don't. I'm not a, an Orlando Magic fan. I, I I follow another far more successful team. <laughs> uh, but just just out of sheer dumb luck, that's the team I played for at the YMCA when I was six years old. So ah. that's uh, or eight years old. So that's the team that I ended up liking. The team that with the same name as the team that I played for. That I didn't even know there was a real NBA team with that name until after I played. So <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, it's uh, it's done. The deal is done, and. Uh, congratulations to the sales fo- sales team over at Orlando City because they've been trying to do this for a while and they got it done finally. Yeah, I think I think a lot of uh, the animosity will fade, and I think it'll fade all the quicker once um, the benefits of the the influx of cash start showing up. Um, you know, in more visible ways for people, um, whether that is, like you said, paying for the training centers, uh, or, um, you know, better signings, whatever. I mean, yeah. anything that people can point to and go, Oh, right. Money was good because we needed X. I think yeah. that'll it's, help. It's just not going to show up on the player side. That's not how this typically works. Yeah. Um, you know, but, I mean, you know, unless some of this money is going to go buy out Sasha question or something, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. That could that could be a thing that that happens. The, the club still does have a 
a one year buy uh, one once a year buyout that they could do for this year. So yeah. Um, so here's a, an already a benefit from Exploria Stadium, Dave. Okay, go for it. The club is having a house party on Saturday, June fifteenth, from ten a.m. to three p.m. Gates open at nine thirty a.m. It's an open practice, player and fan activities, and everybody's favorite thing: concourse activations. Ooh. If you are in marketing, you know what an activation is. If you are not in marketing, you probably have no freaking clue what an activation is. I, I said ooh, but I, I, I have no idea. It's such a marketing term that it should never be used to actually market the event. It's just not. Um, essentially, what it, what those are are basically um, things that have been uh, more or less paid for by a sponsor, and they're just basically a way to get the sponsor's name out there more. So um, that's what your activations are going to be. Um, they're going to be it's for, it's a free event, open practice uh, for Orlando City. Um, there are player activities including autographs, question and answer sessions, social media zone, photos with the players, in stadium activations. As I said, with a craft is- zone for kids and a chalk the concourse and more. By the way, the club Dave is uh, billing this as a once in a lifetime free event. Wait I a li- minute! I would like to point out that this same <laughs> event happened. In 2015 and 2016, it was just called an open practice, but it's the same damn thing. They yeah. had they had this two years in a row at the Citrus Bowl. So it maybe it's once in a lifetime that it's ever happening at Exploria Stadium, but it has happened in the past. So I'm calling right. it a thrice in a lifetime free event. Okay, I do have a question for you. Okay. Uh, are concourse activations is that basically swag? Um. Yeah, it could be. It could be. You know, some kind of trinket with some company logo on it, uh, or some like games and things like that that are sponsored by a company. But basically, anytime you hear the word activation, there's a sponsor involved. Okay. So it, it, whatever it is, it ha- it'll have uh, Exploria stamped on it. <laughs> it very well could be, or or it could be some of the other club partners that you know chip in some. Some uh, some freebies like you know uh, the little stress balls and things like that. From yeah, okay, yeah. could could be any of that. So. Well, yeah. people are definitely going to want those stress balls if they yeah. haven't if they haven't if they haven't made those. Get on it. <laughs> Our Sean Rollins points out that they had a season ticket holder uh, open practice last year too. So, um. <laughs> so Sean, Sean would also like to know he's going to ask his ticket rep if he needs to be there to activate something. <laughs> everybody should go everybody listen to the podcast if you're going go in there and go excuse me um where do i activate my concourse <laughs> it's I, I don't you know I'm, I'm trying i'm trying not to make fun of the club on this because they're excited about it and they should be they made a they made a truckload of money today well, um, once again, we assume so we don't yeah. know how much money they made they made I think a if they came out and said if they if they came out and said we're getting big bucks and here's the number everybody be excited everybody would be more excited now i know they're not going to do that mm-hmm. but it would make people feel better uh, this 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 has to be a, a you know it has to be a seven figure deal so i mean it's 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 more money than i currently have in my bank account that's for sure um well me too but <laughs> probably combined better, i'm guessing better, 
Uh, yeah, well, maybe. But... Look, it doesn't matter. I mean, most of the time when the naming rights deal is announced, most of the time you never know what the amount is. So I don't know why people are freaking out about that. It's not atypical. It's, it's a fairly common practice. I think um, it's I, – I, actually, I know exactly why. And it's because nobody knew who this company was. So they had no idea that it was a big company owned by a bigger company. Mm-hmm. Um so you know the idea was well I don't I've never heard of them how much money can they have yeah well they have a ton of money but are they big in Brazil Dave are they big everything else that we do is big in Brazil so I, one would have to assume so <laughs> if they if they're not currently they will be exactly um, I think their I think their president said something about Brazil today in the press conference I wasn't actually able to watch because I was at a new job uh, starting a new job and they really probably would have been a bad first impression if I would have said, uh, I'm just going to sit and watch this press conference, guys. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get back to what you're telling me in a second. Hold on. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Exploria it is, and Exploria is what you got. And uh, you know, like I said, the club's got money. The club got money out of this. It's not, it's not uh, you know, Kudos to the people on Wikipedia who have already changed Orlando City Stadium to Exploria Stadium. <laughs> they did a nice job there. Um, so yeah, it's it's, um, it's the, the the stadium has a name. Money to the club. I'm trying not to make fun. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of taken aback by the the backlash of of all the fans after you know two and a half years of when are they going to announce the stadium name? What? <laughs> you know, right? It, it and just... I, I, I think. Well, first off, yes, you're right. It. I mean, whether or not you like the name, it is a good thing that they 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 got the naming rights and they got the money for it and and all of the business things that go along with that. And if you're one of those people who just really hates this for whatever reason, the name itself does lend itself to, um, you know opportunities to you know I don't want to say make fun but uh, you know poke at it a little bit here and there I mean it's it's not that hard to to come up with some stuff people so if, if you're upset well go on the internet and rant and rave and make fun because well by gosh that's what the internet's for Exploria um, I mean, it's just, it just, it's, it's very, very easy. Um, and you know what? Hey, uh, I, I'm, I was, I had the first reaction just like everybody else. Who? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, then after what? I was like, okay, well, I'm sure they made lots of money and whatever. It was going to be something. Might as well be this. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we make fun of Map Free Stadium every once in a while, but. That's about the only one we ever really make fun of on the seat podcast. Seat geek, baby, seat geek, and seat geek. It's so all about the, the seat geek. Right. Yeah, and I mean, and, uh, I th- and I think it's better than either one of those. So yeah. Anyway, uh, again, I'm like I'm actually serious when I say con- congratulations to the sales team at Orlando City. You know, they've they've been working on selling these naming rights for a long time, and 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 other previous employees didn't get it done, and they're no no longer with the company. And I think there's that's not coincidental. Uh, so, uh, you know, it would be a big sigh of relief and uh, a good reason for them to celebrate. And it's, it, yes. it's, and I see why they think it's a major 
announcement for the club because to them it is they're making they, they just made a, a crap load of money but fans don't really care about that you know when they hear major club announcement they think bigger right they think you know something that's going to affect the team you know either you know in, impact the team either on the field in some way or whatever i know that um you know we we had some speculations nothing nothing that we knew anything about they, they did a good job too the comms team of keeping this under wraps but um because typically this is the kind of news that gets out and i think right. it only didn't get out because it was exploria <laughs> again i don't mean to laugh it's just it just the name is funny to me it is and and but you're right it's Good on, get on them for getting it done. Um, I'd certainly, I've I've had things that I've done at you know different jobs here or there that were a absolute you know very hard thing to get done. I'm pain in my butt, and then I've had you know arrows shot at me uh, once it was done, even though it was a good thing. So I mean, I've I've been there. I I, I can. I feel sorry if if those people are were really excited and then went on social media. If they were, if they did go on social media, that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> but you know, let we, we we will say you know, good job getting it done. Ignore the haters, and because you know, ultimately, what does it matter? Yeah. Are you are you it's not, not going to go hurt. watch it's, them because it's not going to hurt the anybody. stadium? It's, right. it's not hurting anybody. Uh, although you know, one of our one of our writers who actually is a face of city person this year, uh, her husband uh, chimed in. What kind of house party starts at ten a.m.? It's <laughs> a really good point. I was going to say a really good one, right? Um, I don't think so. I don't think that a really good house party has kids' activities and concourse activations. But I could be wrong. I've never been to one. So. I've never been to a house party with concourse activations. I don't think I've ever been. Oh, actually, I probably have been someplace with concourse concourse activations. I guarantee you, if you've been to any sporting event or concert, you have you have been someplace with concourse activations. I simply didn't know that I was there with concourse activations. That's right. You didn't take part in the concourse activations. All right. Anyway, you guys can do that. You guys can go to the uh, open practice. They're calling it a house party. I'm just going to call it an open practice because it's basically what it is. That's what they called it in 2015 and 2016. It was good enough then. It's good enough now, by golly. Um, Again, that is on Saturday the 15th of June. And, you know, who knows? Maybe there will be a special appearance by some bigwig from Exploria. (laughs) Wait a minute. I almost made it. I almost made it through that without laughing. I almost Wait, did. So, so you're okay with them calling it Exploria Stadium, but you're not okay with them calling it a house party? I don't really care what they call it. I can I <laughs> just like just like I can call I can call Camping World Stadium the Citrus Bowl still. It doesn't really matter. I can call it what I want to call it and people will Correct. know what I'm talking about. Correct. Um but yeah, I mean Again, it was an open practice for a couple of years, and changing it to a house party is—I uh, mean, it's a little disingenuous, don't you think? I would have really called it. I would have called, I would have called it a resort party. I mean, it doesn't say anything about Heineken here. Oh, that's <laughs> like, good. It's like specials on Heineken. Well, that's, they usually have those when they call something a party, but I don't know. Uh, so, also, I—I kind of wonder. I won't, I won't say anything mean about Heineken. I just kind of wonder why. Um, like, or, or, and, and again, I wasn't there to ask this question. 
uh, and I don't know if anybody did because I haven't even heard the audio yet. I came straight home from work and I jumped basically jumped on this uh, this call. But um, I wonder if anybody brought up or if there was any discussion on how does Disney feel about their sponsorship with Orlando City, uh, given the fact that they are not necessarily a competitor, but they do, um, you know, they they do have this whole resort thing, and they want people to stay at their resorts. And Exploria is a timeshare. You know, they would be theoretically taking customers who could otherwise stay at the Grand Floridian, for example. That's that's probably the best question that's been asked uh, surrounding this whole uh, naming rights thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether the mouse is going to continue and and or the mouse is so big, they're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, that's. I think Disney's reaction was probably who. Yeah, right. <laughs> same, same as same everyone reaction else. We did, yeah. yeah. Same as everyone else. All right, enough about the stadium naming rights and the house party and or open practice. Dave, we had a victory to talk about, and it's not a small victory. No, it was a big one. Remind me, Dave, what our predictions said about Orlando City at the Montreal Impact. Now, you're going to have to remind me of yours. Mine was a 1-1 draw. I think you had... A loss, but uh, that was right about the time that the power went out, so I didn't get it. Oh, uh, okay. So, but uh, I'm, but you, I know what you didn't have. You didn't have us winning. No, I didn't have a victory. I didn't have a victory against a team that Orlando City had uh, not beaten in six tries. I want to uh, say you were two-one loss. I probably was, and that was probably being optimistic considering Orlando City's inability to score in three of its five previous games but going on the road at Montreal again no no uh Piatti and I think we both at the time we recorded we both assumed Piatti was playing and then it, he because we recorded on Tuesday and then it was yeah. Wednesday night he re, re, re-injured his knee uh or injured his other knee I'm not even sure which knee it is quite honestly but uh we didn't know he at the time we recorded we didn't know he was out um I don't think it would have affected my prediction uh, it might have changed the score, maybe. I don't know. but Yeah, if you um, were 3-1, it would have been 2-1 or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't actually don't remember. I, I, re- I, I count on you to write these down. <laughs> and, and normally I do. However, I do it on a computer, not on a piece of paper, and thus power. So that just tells me that you didn't go back and listen to the show after it uh, posted. Well, listening to yourself is kind of weird. It is, but you can just pretend you're listening to me, and that's not as weird. I, yeah, but I do that when we do this. <laughs> you do until your power goes out for no reason at all. Yes, that's true. All right, so, um, yeah, so anyway, Orlando City goes to Montreal. The big surprise to everyone involved is that there's no Dom Dwyer in the 18, and Dom uh, apparently aggravated a hamstring in training, the final training session before traveling to Montreal. So he was out, and... The team went up there with, you know, the same lineup that played against the Galaxy, and it really kind of dominated the Galaxy with the mm-hmm. pretty notable exception of not putting a ball in the net. Right. Um, so they rolled the dice with the same lineup James O'Connor did, and they they played really, really well, Dave. This team went up there and, and really, after the first 20 minutes were kind of eh, but then after that they kind of took control. And uh, it, we we got another penalty. It was uh, 
third. I'm not used to Orlando City teams getting this many penalties in a season, let alone three <laughs> games in a row. And then when yeah. Nani st- stood up, Dave, what what were you thinking when Nani t- decided I'm taking this thing, even though was, he'd missed two in in the prior two weeks? I was hoping that he had listened to the last podcast where when we talked about the stutter stepping that I, I very clear clearly remember. Next time, don't stutter step. Just <laughs> and we were both like, just pick a corner and, and go for power. And so I can only assume that Nani listens to our podcast because he picked a corner and went with power. Well, of course, Nani listens to our podcast. Why would he not? That's just silly. hi, Nani. Um, you know, I'm sure we're the only thing surprising really is that Nani hasn't given us a five star review yet and left a, a, a nice review for us to read on the air. So Nani. Can you please get on that? Because we'd really like to read your uh, your five star review on the air. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did. He stepped up and he just stepped through it. He 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 didn't really he didn't really run up. He just took a like kind of like a light jog, but he did go for placement with a little bit of power. Probably could he could have hit it harder than that. But um, Evan Bush uh, guessed correctly on the direction, but he still couldn't stop it. And that's the sign that that you've done your job as a penalty taker. Is that even if the guy guesses correctly. You still beat him. That means you've you've done your your work, and that's what we want from Nani. That's what he did. It was his 100th, Dave, 100th professional career goal. And you, you got to love the fact that he got it as lion. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, I, I mean, do. I do have to love it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, there there was obviously a lot more that were not as a lion than than there have been that, uh, where he has been. Mm-hmm. But who cares? Number 100 was with Orlando City. Uh, it came on a penalty where uh, he listened to us, um, which was smart, um, you know, and made the kick, uh, puts us up 1-0 uh, on the road at Montreal. And it was it was a beautiful thing that was just the beginning. Yeah, so Nani, now eight goals on the season, Dave. He leads the team. I would like to point out that Kaká's career high in MLS games yeah. nine nine goals on a season mm, I'm feeling pretty good about that not standing yeah I mean it's that's the most goals for a uh, I don't know if that, that's not the most goals for a DP because Dom I think was a DP last year when he got 12 yeah but we could call it for but a for, former for the, for stu- the big name yeah, yeah. The, big, the big name European DP coming in Nani is is looking like he's going to shatter that nine pretty easily, um, that uh, that Kaká had. Uh, although he's a little bit little bit behind, not crazy behind, but a little bit behind the uh, assist uh, rate that Kaká had in uh, in at least in 2016 when he had 10 and yep. had seven more the next year. So uh, pretty good. Uh, but but you know Nani's doing a good job. He's he's getting it done. And I got to say that the the entire you know he played up top with Tesho and and Chris Mueller, and but the entire midfield to me really came to play on uh, Saturday. And you know Higita and Johnson uh, and Mendez in the middle. Mendez was a surprise to me because I assumed since he was called up for the Copa America with Ecuador that he would be playing in the Copa warm up friendly in Miami against uh, yeah. Venezuela that night, and. He was not with Ecuador. He was still with the uh, with the Lions, and that's that's really great. pretty great because that what that means is that he must have requested from his federation, "Can I play in this game?" Because that's the only way you get to do that. Yeah, and which 
if that's the kind of dedication that he's showing to the squad, uh, and and I'm assuming to uh, O'Connor, that's fantastic. And mm-hmm. to go up there and and play as good as he did, um, I mean, it's and you're right, the entire midfield. But uh, to go up there and do that, I mean, utter fantastic. Just loving it. Yeah. So uh, one of those midfielders started the play that led to the second goal, and that would be Chris Nikita with a nice steal. Uh, stole the ball in uh, the offensive half. It dished off to Cash Mueller on the left. Mueller took it down to the end line and crossed it for an easy tap in for Tesho Akindele, who is now, Dave, five goals on the season. He is within two of his career high, and we're only 15 games into the season. Man, I'm feeling pretty good about Tesho maybe uh, breaking that one as well. Uh, if we can have uh, Nani, you know, Break Ka's, uh scoring record and have Tesho break his or make his personal best. Yeah, I like that. And you know that's that's a very Tesho goal. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that you know you you want him uh, in there for. Um, you know, a, a striker get that. You know, and let's not take anything away from the the cross <clears throat> by Mueller, but um, you know, but that's that's exactly what that position is supposed to do is get those types of easy goals you're, you're not supposed to miss those yeah i mean the the, the thing is everybody kind of puts uh, puts dom down for for you know his streakiness and missing some easy ones earlier in the year but i mean that was way easier than some of the ones that dom missed oh yeah but way. here's the thing here's the thing though i mean if you're kudos to tesho for getting himself in that position because you you don't tap the ball in that easily if, unless you get to that spot and Right. You know, you have to read the play properly and time it properly to get into that spot. And it was a great cross from Cash, and he, he much deserved assist on that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's good to see Tesho be this clinical because he's not been known for that throughout his career, and he's played on much better teams. Yeah, and, you know, if if he can take, you know, I, as much as we would like you know, Dom to be in there and, and, you know, get back on a hot streak. If we can have this kind of production from Tesho and the others, then, you know, when Dom does come back and, and does hit that hot streak. Awesome. I mean, at, at that point, you, you know, you start feeling a lot better about some of the games uh, that we're going to be in. We've never, ever seen a fully weaponized Orlando city where everybody is hitting on all cylinders. No. That's something that we haven't seen in MLS yet. Um, we saw it pretty regularly in the USL, but it's not really happening uh, in MLS. But it's it was pretty close to that. And then the third goal also before the end of the first half was really in some ways a, an even better goal. It was just a dominating spell of possession, primarily up the left side of the field, and it involved basically every player on the left side of the field, it was yep. it was Nani, it was João Moutinho, it was uh, Mendez, it was Iguita, I think at some point, and it was and, Mueller, yeah. And then finally, the cross goes from Moutinho into the box into a very dangerous spot where uh, all Evan Bush can do is go up and flap a hand at it and just kind of get a touch on it, and all he could do is clear it out to an oncoming Will Johnson who uh, gave us the vintage Will Johnson diving header. We haven't seen one of those in a long time. No, nah, he just speared that thing. Um, I mean, it was – he had to have dove 10 feet to get to that thing. It was it was awesome. Um, and it, I think that shows the, the hustle and the willingness to just throw his body around and do whatever he can for this team. Um, and, and, you know, I've – 
through all the darkness and whatever else, I've always felt that, you know, he he plays for the crest and um, and has from the moment he stepped on that field and has always given everything that he's got. I mean, I can't off the top of my head remember a game where he didn't hustle his butt off. So um, it was nice for him to be able to get that goal. Um, and especially after that buildup. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just – how many times have you watched it? It was I've twenty-one. It. it was twenty-one passes, David. I've watched it a number of times. I've watched it probably two dozen times. I mean, just it's that pretty. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's the way that the midfield played all game long. It was these quick little passes. You didn't just see them knock the ball forty yards backwards when when uh, when you know they got pressured. They actually made an effort to get into space. To, to skew a ball back in between two defenders to get it back to the right spot. It was it was moving quickly. It was moving with a purpose. And even when it went backwards, it was it was only a short distance and only to free up a forward pass. It was unbelievable. Right. It was the kind of it was the kind of soccer we've been waiting to see from this team for a long time. And that was uh, just you know I know that I don't rate Matt Doyle as an analyst of soccer very highly at times, but you know he said that it was maybe the best goal in the history of Orlando City, and I'm not uh, I'm not sure I agree with that because the the oh man that that goal that Kaká scored at Atlanta oh, yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. But this was an amazing goal in its own right for a different reason, and and if Evan Bush hadn't got a touch on it, it would have been perfect because it would have been one of those two assist goals that could have easily had ten assists, and yep. and it was. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from the finish, Dave, because the to to have a diving header attempt at a bouncing ball. And to get that kind of, of contact on it and direct it on frame is not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, not at all. Um, and the the only thing I would add is if, like Michael and I, if you've watched it, you know, a bunch of times, go back, watch it one more time, uh, but watch the movement off the ball. Yeah, that, it's, it's incredible. It's, it was that that movement off the ball is you know going towards uh or about what michael was talking about um in regards to you know the back pass being a short pass only to set up a forward pass i mean it was it would really truly was uh the best sequence of passing this year probably in several years if not all of mls uh or, or orlando city's time in mls i mean it was like i said uh, I'm probably going to have to save it to my computer just so when I feel bad I can go watch it. If you if you can tell me that there's a sequence with more complete passes in a row for Orlando City this year, I'd almost guarantee you that a lot of those were kicked around by the defense back and forth before they came forward. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. There was certainly nothing as clinical as that. Yeah. That's for sure. It, it was really a fun goal to watch, and, and it was... The finish from Johnson was was, you know, he made it look easier than it was, and I think that it was emblematic of his game as a whole because he got that goal because he ran his tail off, and you know, you could say a lot of things about Will Johnson, but he's not a passenger on this team. He works his tail off, and he really, yeah. he he really um, got after it on Saturday in a way that even for him was a, like a, a notch higher, like on the, uh, you know 
like he, he he turned it up to eleven to to, to quote <laughs> Spinal Tap. I mean, he was he's normally on a nine or ten, and he went up to eleven on this day. He was he was everywhere. He was running. He was stepping into passing lanes and taking the ball, or or at least knocking it away from its intended target. He was just all over the field. It was infectious. It, it was the same thing with Mendez and Aguida and and Nani. Those guys all worked very very well. I, and and you know, throw the fullbacks in there. You can throw Chris Mueller in there. All of those guys worked so well with the short passing game, and they just kept Montreal running. And Montreal played in the midweek, and although it was a home game, it looked like it started to show to me, you know, midway through that first half, is that they Montreal didn't have the willingness to put in the work that Orlando was requiring of them, and that yeah. was really good to see. That was a great strategy, and and. It doesn't. That strategy doesn't get executed unless the players buy in. Absolutely. This is like you said. This is the the type of soccer we've been waiting for um, since James O'Connor got here. This is what this this is what was promised. You know, this is the the product that we were told we would get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, technical uh, midfield attacking type play. Here it is. Um, and hopefully it's it's you know we've seen Christian Aguida now uh, several games in a row and playing well and like we we mentioned a couple podcasts ago it's probably because he finally something clicked or whatever you know during practice and that's why we're now seeing him mm-hmm. um, if he was if he was the final you know piece to click into the midfield to allow all this to happen while everybody else is also doing you know what they're supposed to be doing then. Uh, you and I might have to reevaluate how we uh, how we do our predictions going forward. If I mean, if if they can put this type of quality out there, um, that's it's not that we're ever that right, but um, it, it's going to make it harder for us to to bet against this team. It was a very encouraging performance. That's for sure. I mean, it was it was only the second time the team has ever won in Canada. So you go, you're looking at Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver, and it's the second time they've won in Montreal, but uh, only the second time they won in Canada. It was the first time they had beaten uh, Montreal after going 0-5-1 in the previous six games against the Impact. Um, the Impact generally, except for that uh, 3-3 draw, had been keeping Orlando to about a goal or less a game in those most of those contests. So... It was uh, it was good to see. It was a much needed win. It was a, a win, Dave, that pulled the team level on points, but just below the the line based on uh, uh, Toronto's uh, had, holding the tiebreaker. And in fact, Toronto was trailing with four minutes to play uh, yeah. the uh, this weekend against uh, Vancouver on the road, and and managed to get a goal at the death. So uh, it was very close to Orlando City being above the line after this weekend, and it just shows you how much the East has struggled. Because even when Orlando City has struggled in recent weeks, they have not typically lost more than one point to most of the rest of the conference. And it's it's you know it's anybody's. It's anybody's playoff spots. I mean, you know, there's there's going to be a couple teams that rise to the top, and you know, Atlanta's getting back up to the top, and Philadelphia has been unbelievable this year. Uh, yeah. But but below that, it's a pretty wide open field, and I would even say that you know, even though the Philadelphia's been playing really well, and I watched them play Minnesota, a very entertaining game this weekend. The the Union are not a sure bet to continue in this form. Uh, Atlanta has been up and down. We don't know that they're going to continue in this form, although I think most people would bet on them uh, playing well the rest of the way. Um, 
but Toronto just you know made a signing with uh, with Omar Gonzalez, who won't be able to start playing until July. But I, there's no reason this team, if they continue to play the way they played against Cincinnati, granted it's just Cincinnati, and the way they played at Montreal, there's no reason that they can't make the playoffs. And I would even say the way they played at or at home against LA Galaxy, even though they had trouble finishing. Yeah, I was I was going to add that in. Uh, if you didn't, um, I thought they played well. It just you know lack of finishing quality, um, you know, kept that from you know potentially being either a draw or a win. But um, you know, and if the rest of the the East wants to continue to do us favors by you know not playing well while we're building into what O'Connor wants, thanks. <laughs> I'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, second half, Dave, was, uh, you know, I think Orlando, first of all, I thought, I thought Montreal had a, a real gut check at the half and decided uh, they didn't really like what was going on. I thought that they put in a little bit more effort in the second half, and I think Orlando was happy to let them kind of come at them and just look for counterattacking opportunities. I think they, I wouldn't say Orlando took their, their foot off the gas, but I would say that they didn't commit numbers forward uh, in the second half after gaining that lead. I think that you know, it was something that James O'Connor said at halftime on television. He said that we we haven't seen this out yet by any stretch of imagination. The first half was good, but we've it doesn't mean anything if we don't finish. And they did. They they ended up get the clean sheet. And honestly, this was uh, not an easy clean sheet because no. Brian Rowe wasn't tested all day pretty much, and he only faced, he was <laughs> he only faced one shot on goal, and that shot on goal was an unbelievable save. If they still had an uh, MLS save of the week, uh, Brian Rowe would be a difficult man to beat for this week's save. Yeah, I mean, just right place, right time, you know, right hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was uh, a, a phenomenal stop. Um, and, and you're right, no, he wasn't He wasn't tested very often, but um, when he was, he came up big, mm-hmm. kept that clean sheet. Um, additionally, I would say that the, um, you know, you mentioned that O'Connor said we haven't seen this game out yet well that's what they did in the second half and that's a that's actually a very um important thing for a team to be able to do is you're up three nil can you you know if you can get another goal okay that's great but more importantly can you can you still manage the game when the other team is going to be you know uh all out against you can you weather that and and, and see the game out and they were able to do so and and I think that's um, even though it might have been a tale of two halves I, I, I liked the second half mm-hmm. for that reason and that they were they were able to do that and I think that's like I said that's an important um, thing for a team to be able to do and and they accomplished it maintaining focus is the hardest part always and especially when you're on the road and maintaining that focus for the full 90 and getting the clean sheet was was big and I thought it, it looked to me like it was an important to that team to get the clean sheet. I think, I think that Montreal threw quite a bit at them in that second half, and they were able to keep most of it at bay. I, I thought that the back line did a pretty good job uh, controlling Montreal's forwards. Tider yeah. was the only player that really was dangerous at all throughout the uh, the course of the game, and you know the Jackson and Mel didn't do much of anything. It was it was a very good job by the defense. It was a great job by the midfield to shield that defense. And, um, you know, it was just a great team win. Dave, who is your man of the match for a 3-0 win over the Montreal Impact? Um, despite 
many good performances throughout the entire team. My man of the match has to go to one Mr. Will Johnson. Um, 83% passing, four tackles, two interceptions, uh, clearance, not to mention that absolute awesome header of a goal and just the work rate that he put in. Um, he, he deserves to be rewarded for his efforts uh, in this game. So for me, it's, it's Mr. Johnson. There were a lot of candidates in this game. Uh, Nani, Mueller, Tesho, Sebas, uh, Moutinho, <laughs> yeah. and on and on Every- and on. But I think I'm going to agree with you this week and say uh, Will Johnson because of the, the work rate, the hustle, and the way that he impacted the game not only by impacting the impact but also by lifting up his teammates. I thought that the, I thought that the, the, the midfield – in its entirety fed off his energy the whole game yeah think of him what you want but i challenge i i will argue to no end anybody who questions his heart in regards to this team um but it you know fight me bro uh, <laughs> come at me bro i think come at me bro looking for yeah, because no, he. The, I mean, he's every single game. He he gives a hundred percent, and uh, you know it's very you know it's the kind of thing that I think you know Mueller uh, exudes as a younger player that eventually you know he and, and Mueller may end up being better than Johnson, but um, I think he's got that same tenacity, and, and I th- I think it's great that uh, that we have a player like that who is is that dedicated to going out and and hustling that much so uh, without that was great all right well this would be a fantastic podcast if we could just sign off right now but we can't (laughs) we have other things to talk about we do Um, we have a lot of other things to talk about we're gonna get to some of those things right after this all right dave so um Orlando City B started the weekend off for the club with the first game of the weekend, and they went out to FC Tucson out in the desert, several mm-hmm. several time zones away, playing late at night by their body clocks, and uh, playing against FC Tucson and, and a team that they lost to earlier in the season. And the the young Lions went out there and got themselves in a in a dogfight and they uh, they come away with a 2-2 draw on the road that gives the team three consecutive results two wins and a, and a draw and and you know for a team that hasn't played on the road a lot and being a young team they showed a lot of heart in fact the uh, they were they were maybe lucky in some respects maybe unlucky there was a goal uh, waved off for an offside for Tucson mm-hmm. but also um, you know Tucson's goalkeeper is up for save of the week because of a Rafael Santos uh, free kick that he tipped off of the bar. So a little bit unlucky not to have scored there. Santos did get a goal in that game. And uh, I think Osei Wusu had the other one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it's good to see the young lions getting results. We're still doing the OCB minute because we're, we're, you know, we don't have a lot of, of color to add to this. It's, it's a developmental team, a young team. They're playing. Uh, they made a couple, they actually made a couple of, uh, changes in the lineup this week uh moises tablante who's been playing so well had an exam so he didn't travel with the team <laughs> and that's yeah. what you get when you get a 17 year old on the team you you got to stay home and take a test that's um, right and uh so you know the the team 
it was good to see that some other players played uh, and they still were able to go out and get a result. And it's, uh, you know, we talk all the time about how difficult it is to win on the road, but playing in, you know, that kind of a different climate, that far away, a long travel and, and playing that late at night by your body clock. That's um, I, I always, I worried throughout that match that OCB would, would get caught getting tired late in that game. And I think in some respects they did, but it was good that they, they showed enough fight to get a draw in that game. You know, for me, absolutely. But uh, for me, it's, it's one of those things where um, if you've set your expectations for this uh, squad uh, appropriately, as in they are a developmental team, um, you know, working towards getting guys up eventually to the, uh, the MLS uh, squad and, taking into account their age uh, and experience, et cetera, to have three results in a row like this uh, with the last one coming on the road like that, I, beyond my expectations, um, I, I, you know, I joked at the, the beginning of the podcast that this was a great weekend for me. Well, you know, one part of that was OCB, you know, getting that, re, you know, that result. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it was, um, like you say, there's, there's not a lot of, you know, color commentary to go along with it other than, you know, good job lads. And, um, you know, results speak to, uh, the development that we're wanting. If, I mean, um, I mean, Dave, they, this is a team that started out Oh five and two on the season. Oh five. And two. Yeah. they've now won. They're now two Oh and one in the last three games. And by the way, there's a lot of parody in this league. OCB is not out of the playoff hunt yet. They they are up to nine points, but they climbed above Forward Madison in the standings. Yes, uh, but Forward Madison does have a game in hand, but that's still they're on nine points, and the last playoff place right now is on thirteen points, just four points ahead. They're not out of it yet. Uh, they do have a long way to go and a, a pretty st- uh, steep hill to climb, considering how many road games are left for OCB compared to home games. But if this team continues to come together, they're playing with, a, I think, a great deal of confidence in each other. They've found um, some tactics that work. They've found, uh, you know, a way to spread out the scoring. And, you know, if they can continue to get goals from all over the place, you know, different players, different guys stepping up, there's no reason that they can't stay in the hunt. This is not a, a, this is not a league that has been um, punishing them for their poor start, let's say that. No, not at all. And, and you know, once again, if even if they, even if they just miss the playoffs, who cares? They're playing well right now. The only thing that you should be concerned about, uh, if if you know you're following them at all, is how are how are they playing? And right now, they're playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen, you know, from early in the season that that ability to, um, you know, initially if, if they went down a goal, you know, like the life came out of them. Um, and now that's not the case anymore. And like you said, they're they're finding ways to, to score um, throughout the game and, and spread it around. So all of that, I mean, the, the last three games have shown nothing but uh, progress and positive things that you can point to. And it's, um, you know, I, I said it before, if, if your expectations are, are set correctly for this team, you should be very, very happy right now. 
A lot of stability on this team since Rafa Santos started playing. He uh, is on the USL League One Team of the Week this week. He scored a goal, uh, hit the crossbar on another free kick attempt. Uh, he's really solidified the team. Uh, he's, a, he's a player that the younger guys look up to, and he's really done a good job, and it's good to see. And, yeah, they, they may not make the playoffs, but they might. They still have a chance to if they can continue to, to get these contributions. But early in the season, you didn't have any confidence that the team could score goals. Now these guys know that they can score goals in this league, and it's it's good to see that confidence. It's good, it shows up on the field. They still have too many defensive lapses at times, but um, you know it is a young team, a young developmental team, and, and it's good to see that they've they've picked themselves up a little bit in recent weeks. They've only got, lost one game in their last five. Uh, going two, one, and two in that span, and that's you know that's keeping pace with some of the top teams in the league. Um, yeah. Over that same span, so um, it's you know kudos to the young lions. And uh, speaking of team of the week, um, Orlando City's MLS side had one guy on team of the week, and that was Tesho. And I don't think Tesho is a bad guy to have on on, on team of the week. But, no, but I don't know would... how. And none of the midfielders ended up on the team of the week. And by the way, MLS team of the week put Tesho in the midfield on their graphic. <laughs> I saw that. So, um, and I, yeah. I, I love our, I love our, um, you know, our league manager, Alicia is great. And she also writes for MLS, uh, dot com. And she mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, he could have not been in there at all, which is true. Or okay. they could have dropped one of the other forwards into the midfield and not dropped Tesho into the midfield because, you know, any of the forwards could have been dropped to the midfield. Yeah, right? I mean, it why did it have to be Tesho? Why couldn't it have been uh, Joseph Martinez or Carlos Vela? Yeah, or Shinya Shiki from Colorado. Nobody would have even noticed outside of Colorado. <laughs> outside of Colorado, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if he would have been dropped to the midfield. Um, but you know, maybe they're saying the same thing. Nobody outside of Orlando probably even noticed uh, Tesho was uh, is not a midfielder. But well, uh, uh, my only hope is that uh, you know people will think uh, or other teams will think that he's a midfielder and they'll be really surprised when he's up playing striker yeah all right i put this off long enough dave i can't not talk about the pride anymore i tried i tried to not talk about the pride maybe we could just do an orlando pride minute i think that's great that because we talked about the uh ocb for longer than a minute so yeah pride minute sounds good so, Dave, the Orlando Pride managed to do something this week that they had never done this year, and that is to hold a team scoreless in the first half. Um, but they did not hold a team scoreless in the second half, giving up a hat trick to NWSL Player of the Week. Congratulations, Kristen Hamilton. <laughs> uh, three goals in the second half, each one dumber than the last. Um, yeah. Starting with just a howler mistake that, that Haley Kottmeyer will want back, a, a basically a routine pop-up into the box, and she spilled it and just gave them an easy first goal. And then from there, North Carolina just fed off of that, and as they do. They're like a, a shark when there's blood in the water and just just went into a frenzy and uh, win it going away 3-0. It was um, another game, another absolute... A ridiculous offensive performance. Rachel Hill missed an empty net with the goalkeeper out of position. Yeah. Um, it, it's this team cannot score goals. They've scored two goals now on the season in eight games. That is a goal in a quarter of their games. It's not good. 
It's and, bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's definitely bad. Um, so let's <laughs> let's let me give this to you. Okay. Sky Blue has played seven games and has only two points. So no wins for Sky Blue after seven games, right? Uh-huh. Their goal differential is minus six. Okay. That's not very good. No. Orlando Pride's goal differential is minus 16. Oof. Now, the Pride have played one more game, but... Yeah, but... Uh, that's not... They're 0-7-1, Dave. They two goals, both scored by center backs off of set pieces, and no goals in the run of play, no goals by a midfielder, no goals by a fullback, no goals by a forward. It's not Any good. Goals by a goalie? Just checking. Uh, probably an own goal at some point. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's 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 really gross. It's really hard to watch this team play. Um, it's it's not a lack of effort, but what I no. see is I see a team that they they play with a lot of effort. They play with a lot of passion, and they play hard for Mark Skinner. What I'm seeing though is a collection of players who. I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat this, Dave. There's 11 players on this team that are making league minimum contracts, and what kind of players do you get for league minimum contracts? League minimum level players. Yeah, and I. I honestly think that some of these players probably should not be in the NWSL. There's a few yeah. of them that don't look like they belong, and then there's other, another few of them that maybe have been around for more than a year that don't look like they know what Mark Skinner wants them to do. Yeah, and I'm going to leave it to the listeners to say, you know, to to think about who those players might be, but there's two or three of them, and and there are two or three players that you know you would have thought that the team would have been counting on this year, and they're not doing it. They're not getting it done. Yeah. They're not even getting close to getting it done. And I don't know if they're not grasping what's supposed to be happening on the field, or Mark Skinner's trying to teach, and he has no choice but to play them because their their quality is just higher as players than some of these others, but. It's it's a really tough tough team to watch. Uh, Mark Skinner is getting to be a little bit more and more embattled in these press conferences. He's talked about you know you know he hears the he hears the shouts for him to be fired, but he's he's you know all he can do is continue to try to to try to teach this team to to embrace this new system and to grasp it better and better every week. I think that they have. I think that they do grasp it better and better every week. I just don't think that they can execute to the level that these other teams play. Look at this way. I just talked about 11 players being on league minimum contracts, Dave. But look at what North Carolina put out there. Just a starting 11. The Courage had out there McCall Zerboni, who most people think should be in France with the U.S. Women's National Team right now. Right. She's just that good of a, of a midfielder. Um, you've got... Um, Merritt Mathias, who is a fringe U.S. Women's National Team player. You've got um, Jaylene Hinkle, who, had she not said some pretty... um, uh, Controversial? Yeah, let's go with controversial things. Uh, She probably wouldn't be being blackballed by the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, She refused to wear the... You you might recall she she created a flap when she wouldn't wear the pride jerseys with... Oh, I remember. The the rainbow-colored numbers. So, because of her beliefs, and you know, I'm not going to slam her for her beliefs. Whether that she's going to believe what she wants to, she's entitled to believe it, no matter how screwed up it is. But that's why she's not in the picture for the U.S. Women's National Team. And oh, by the way, they got a player named Heather O'Reilly on the bench who has over 200 caps 
and over 40 international goals. Yeah. There's a little bit of a gulf, is what I'm saying, in the in the quality. Oh, and Lynn Williams, another player who has scored multiple goals for the U.S. Women's National Team. So their their backups, Dave, <laughs> are players that are are almost good enough to be playing, you know, for the U.S. Women's National Team in the World Cup right now. Orlando Orlando Pride's backups, on the other hand, are players that were signed as emergency yeah. depth. And and honestly, I think some of those players have played the best. I think that, um, you know, as bad as I thought Bridget Callahan was last week, I thought she was really good this week. She made some really sweet moves in that midfield. She had one nice little play where she, she uh, chipped the ball up to herself over top of a, a North Carolina player and then cut back and nutmegged another. It was yep. unbelievable. She made some really, really nice plays in that game. And... I think Abby Olinsky's showing the hustle and the, um, uh, the physicality that you want to see. It's really not those players that are the problem, you know, for the most part. No, and it's, like you said, it's it's very, very frustrating. Um, I, there's only so much Mark Skinner can do with the personnel that he has. Like you said, he can he can try and teach them whether they grasp it or not, that we can't say for absolute certainty. Uh, but even if they are, um, the ability to put those concepts into effect um, is obviously not happening, or at the very least is not resulting in any type of offense to do what offenses do, which is score a goal. Yeah, scoring a goal seems to be the impossible dream at this point. I don't know what the record is in the league for fewest goals scored by a team or most times shut out, but this team is going to destroy that record. Most likely, yes. Because um, I just don't see it getting any better. It's going to be another, what, six weeks before the, the internationals are back in the lineup? Yep. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, depending it's... on how deep they go in the tournament, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a long time before we get those guys back. So one of, you know, a couple things is going to happen. Either uh, it will start clicking for the, the ones that are there and they will be able to get some goals and, you know, Rachel Hill turns it around and, and isn't missing on, you know, easy open net, you know, shots. Uh, or um, they'll get it a little bit and things will get slightly better or they just won't get it and things will continue along. I know that's a, a really out there prediction, but uh, I, uh, there's yeah. no way. I mean, yeah, there's no, but there's no way of, there's no way of predicting, you know, Mark Skinner is rightfully telling us the only thing that he can tell us. Um, our eyes see what is happening on the, the pitch. We've talked to pride players who say how great he is and, and you know, how much they like, you know, what's happening, but, it's not translating into results and ultimately at the end of the day that may be his un, you know undoing and and i'm i'm still of the mind personally that i would like to to you know give him more than just one year which is a weird year um but you know of course that's not up to me obviously well, he did make an effort to make the team better this week uh, since we last talked, right? The uh, signing of Claire Emsley, a forward Scottish international. Yep. Unfortunately, Dave, Scotland also is in the World Cup, so <laughs> Claire is not available yet either. 
Um, no. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what she can bring uh, to the table when she comes back. Um, I, I will say this: for a team that's oh seven and one has only scored two goals, um, it, it's still a team that that it works incredibly hard, that tries hard. They they're they're playing for each other. They haven't quit on Mark Skinner. They're still saying they're still saying the right things in the in the post game press conference, and I'm not just talking about what they what comes out of their mouth. I'm talking about the body language and yeah. and that kind of thing. It's it's not just lip service. They're still behind the coach. They're still behind what the team is trying to do. I think everybody's aware that the the talent level on this team right now with the internationals away is not where it needs to be, and uh, it's it's going to take um, at least this next coming off season before things will start to get turned around. And I'm certain they're probably more frustrated than we are, and, and we're pretty frustrated, but um, it's... Nobody's more frustrated than me, Dave. Okay. Well, I no, am, you have a, you have a job now. So. most frustrated person. <laughs> no, you, you, you started a new job today, so you don't get to be as frustrated as you were. Mm, yeah, but I'm still frustrated. Okay, um, fine. It's just my default setting. Okay, well, that's fair. All right, so I'm I'm done talking about the pride. I don't want to talk about them anymore. They don't play this week, right? They can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> did I lose you, Dave? Uh, yes, you did. Um, no, they can't hurt us. <laughs> Neither can uh, Orlando City make us feel good again. Uh, that's true. The Lions are off, Dave, until next Wednesday the 12th when they will play at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Memphis 901 FC. Memphis yep. 90210, Beverly Hills. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> Memphis 901 FC uh, on the road in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, Cam Lindley's team, uh, by the way, the, the team that was uh, that he was loaned yes, to. Yes, it is. Um, yep. And OCB will also play that night uh, against Tucson at home, but OCB plays is the only of the three teams to play this weekend as OCB will host forward Madison in Orlando City B with a chance to you know build a, a little bit of a gap between uh, themselves and the last place team forward Madison um, on Friday if the uh, Young Lions can get a result so that's all good stuff um, beat those flamingos yeah let's talk a little bit Dave before we get to our uh, mailbag and eventually get on out of here uh, we'll talk a little bit about some international soccerings that yes. have been going on. The U.S. U-20s have uh, jumped into the quarterfinals at the U-20 World Cup with a uh, a pretty impressive win over France, and uh, so that was good to see. Yeah, France was uh, favored in that one. Um, they even led it at one point, and uh, U.S. came back and, and got the 3-2 win. Um, I was at work as you were so I can you know watch it but I was following it on the Twitters and uh, I actually had uh, checked in and then uh, and they're down and then a little bit later I uh, checked in again and all of a sudden we'd won and I was just like okay I gotta go back and find some things and watch some things cause uh, you know good job on the uh, the Young Yanks there the US men Dave will play a pair of friendlies before we talk again they'll play Jamaica tonight as this uh, drops on uh, June 5th Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamaica at 7 o'clock Eastern Time and then on Sunday at 2pm Eastern Time the US will play Venezuela that will end the pre uh, CONCACAF Gold Cup slate for the US men and the women Dave will start their World Cup run 
next Tuesday, the day that we actually record this, that game yep. starts at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I had to go and screw up and get a job, so I can't watch the game. <laughs> uh, but I don't yep. anticipate that the U.S. will have trouble with Thailand. I think the U.S. will destroy Thailand. Um, it might be one of those games where Thailand plays behind the ball and, and it takes a while for the U.S. to open them up. But I think once they get the get that defense opened up, I think it'll be a pretty easy win for the U.S. And that's yep. certainly not their most difficult group uh, game of the uh, the tournament. No, no, definitely not. Uh, although I am very, very, very much looking forward to this Women's World Cup starting and, uh, you know, hoping that the uh, the U.S. Women's National Team is able to uh, defend their World Cup title. Uh, I'm, I, I love the Women's World Cup. I love the U.S. Women's National Team. I'm very, very excited about uh the the entire thing and watching as many games whether it's uh, U.S. or not, um, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Absolutely, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to enjoy those weekend games. <laughs> the the weekday oh, yeah. games are going to be very difficult for me. Uh, yep. But yeah, the U.S. and Thailand will kick it off uh, at, on the 11th. Uh, they will kick off the U.S. Women's National Team's um, title defense run. So uh, good luck to Alex Mort. Alex Morgan, excuse me, Ali Krieger, Ashlyn Harris. I'm assuming well, that Jill's going to Jill and only play Alex uh, unless something bad happens to somebody else. Uh, so I don't right. think we'll see the other Pride players. but uh, Or as the, the club social team likes to call them, the Priders. Really? What do you think of, you think of Priders, Dave? Can you get behind Priders as a noun for, the, for Pride players? I'm better with Exploria than I am with Priders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the correct answer, Dave. Priders is awful. It's not it a thing. It's horrible. No, uh, it's not. It's, it's really, not. really not, no. Uh, Pridoria. Um, <laughs> Pridoria. Not, 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 not Priders. Come on, guys. Uh, this is the difficulty. I blame all of this on the Miami Heat or the, maybe the New Orleans Jazz um, before they became the Utah Jazz, because you know when you when you start getting a singular name crap going, and it's hard to it's hard to really do a a mascot kind of thing or, or a nickname kind of thing. So, yeah. You went with pride. You don't get to use priders. You have to deal with the clunky pride players. <laughs> The cr- That's right. clunky construction pride players rather than priders. Uh, you dealt right. the hand, you got to play it. Yeah. And besides, if they can't even get a win, they don't even deserve a nickname. Yeah, I, I don't know that they deserve to be called the pride at this moment. So, <laughs> Are you proud of them, Dave? Are you proud of the Orlando pride? At the moment... I am not. There's not a lot to be really too excited about at the moment. but it, the, it's, the Orlando disappointment. We will someday look back on these dark days and go, whew, man, we've come a long way since then. Exactly. Um, but you can't rush through that because uh, next thing you know, you're old like me. Um, all right. So <laughs> that's uh, that's the U.S. Uh, talkings that we had. Do you have anything to add? Well, there was one other game on Saturday that people might have watched. And it, I watched it, and God, I wish I wouldn't have. That was the most boring game I've ever seen. I will agree with you that it was not the prettiest game of soccer ever played. But as the listeners know, I was incredibly happy. 
Yeah, you weren't as happy as Evan Weston, who wouldn't shut up about Liverpool on the <laughs> uh, on the Orlando City broadcast the other. Did you watch Orlando? You watched Orlando City. Did you get I to watched it? Um, did you watch with the uh, with the Montreal announcers? Of course. Well, then lucky so, you. You didn't have to hear about Liverpool. I didn't. Well, <laughs> I'll actually, well, I already knew about Liverpool. Actually, mm. I take that back. I I, I just muted it. Because I, it I had French? a whole section of an article where I went on about how much I despise the fact that I have to listen to the other team's uh, announcers. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm now formally in protest of it until they get that fixed. Well, i got to say, Dave, um, as a neutral observer, I thought that the game got totally ruined with that early handball call. And I don't, I don't know. You know, it, it's one of those things where you can't really overturn it because he – it did hit his arm. Um, I don't know that it was intentional in any way, but my goodness, did it ruin uh, what was going to be an exciting game, I thought. It was just Liverpool didn't have to attack, so they didn't. And, you know, Liverpool is, is actually an entertaining soccer team usually. When and, they have to attack, yes. And they they weren't entertaining at all. They were just we're going to sit back, let the Spurs do their Spursy thing, and yes. and that's basically what happened. And uh, it was it was for a, a neutral party like myself. It was not a good watch. I know you're excited mm, about the I, results. I was, but I was. I, I got to go. God, look, I, I I got to go watch. Uh, I I found a Liverpool supporters club in town here, so I got to go watch with you know fifty to seventy other Liverpool supporters, um, and it's the first time I've been able to do that in a long, long, long time. So. I had a awesome time, despite the game not being great. And I even um, made a prediction right before half that came true eventually. Uh, one of my fellow uh, supporters came up and said, I'm worried we're not attacking all these things that we've just been saying about the, the game. And I said, look, Jurgen's going to go in. We'll go in 1-0 one, one at half. Jurgen will get them back on the front foot. We'll score the first goal in the, first, in the second half. Um, yes, it took to the 84th or whatever the hell minute it was, but I wasn't wrong, and the man bought me a beer because I was right. So, well, I mean, when you when you have 11 guys on the pitch and you're sending 12 of them forward, you're probably going to give up a goal if you don't score one. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just going to happen. Look, uh, the important thing is I was right. I think we can all agree that the most exciting moment of the match was the pitch invader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do we we shouldn't go into what that was about either. Did you read about what that was about? No, I didn't. I just saw uh, what looked like a woman in a swimsuit. Uh, it was swimsuit. it was it was it was a advertisement. What it reminded me of was the golden old days of running onto the field by Morgana the Kissing Bandit, the best oh, pitch invader wow. of all time. You remember her? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She used to run out on the, on the baseball fields and kiss people like George Brett. I mean, that tells you how old this this how long ago this was. George Brett was a baseball every, player back in the yes, day. Everybody now that listens to this podcast is going, "Who the hell is George Brett?" <laughs> Forget Morgana. They're like, "Who's George Brett?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia kids. Right, Wikipedia. Yeah. George Brett, just like you, you would think it would be spelled. Uh, but also, uh, you might be surprised. I was surprised by this. Morgana the Kissing Bandit has a Wikipedia page. That's awesome. Yeah. Two N's 
and Morgana. Yes. All right. Well, um, and we'll, we'll leave with this. Dave is happy, and that's <laughs> all we have to worry about. All right. So what else have we got? Uh, I think we've talked about pretty much everything. I think that um, we can move on to our mailbag, Dave. And I'm going to Let's just do so. quickly say that you can uh, email us with any question, uh, or you can tweet us with any question. You, you can hit us up. You can ask us literally anything. And you can do it two ways. You can hit us up on email, themainland at gmail.com, or hit us up at Twitter, on Twitter, at themainland is our account, and you can use the hashtag AskTMLPC. Dave, um, do you have the Twitter ones handy? Yes, I do. Um, Ryan Smith asks... What's the over-under on Suarez biting someone in MLS or just doing something equally as stupid off the field if he were to move to Miami? I mean, he's going to do something stupid because he's kind of a lunkhead, but so I think that's... I don't know what the over-under is. I mean, I think that... What is the over-under? Like a percentage? Like a percentage is... Yeah, yeah, like if it's... I mean, let's say over under, over under one. So it's either going to be one or greater or zero. Oh, it's definitely over one. Oh yeah, it's definitely over one. There is there is no question that something happens because, uh, like you said, he's a longhead. Plus, the fact is, you know that they're going to try to manufacture some kind of a rivalry, kind of the way they that they tried to manufacture one with Atlanta. And you know, so people are going to do dumb things um, just just to be dumb. I I I think that's a hundred percent certainty. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I think that's despite my uh, my repeated pleas on Twitter today for questions, Ryan was the only one that stepped up on the twitters. Are you serial? I'm serial. Huh. I know it's it's crazy. I mean, I usually I don't ask until like five minutes before we start recording, and we get five. Today I was like, oh, I'm going to be proactive. I got like an ask this morning, and then midday, and then later in the day, and nothing other well, than Ryan. Know, so good job, Ryan. So Orlando City's off this weekend, so people are. This is not abnormal. People usually do stuff like this. <laughs> well, that and and we won, so they're you know they're all pacified and happy. So yeah. All right. Um, well, that's crazy that that's the only one on Twitter. I definitely have some uh, emailers as well, awesome. so uh, we will we will do that, and um, uh, and we'll, we will uh, talk on the air while Michael is pulling up those well, emails. I have because... them. I just I just <laughs> wanted to I just wanted to see if maybe I had something in my that I favorited something that maybe didn't have the hashtag. Oh, okay. Uh, because sometimes that. I'll see a question and I'll favorite it, but it's not necessarily, um, you know, uh, yeah. using the hashtag. So it's harder to find because I, I'm just dumb when it comes to social media and I just like other things. And then I go, Oh, that's right. I liked all these things. And now I can't find the things that I liked because I wanted to find them <laughs> easily later on. And it's like, I, I, I favorited or I liked these tweets because I wanted to get to them. And then I you're buried like, them. <laughs> you're like, Twitter, can I have my professional likes and then my personal likes, please? Right? There should be a, a there should be a, a, like, a I support this or a, there should be, like, a saved and a like. That's it. Two things. Okay. Save, go. things you want to save and things you want to like. So, um, but yeah, I, so I, I'm just, like, quick little scroll through here 
and I don't see anything um, else. But I do want to say this. I do want to say that we um, are going to miss my uh, colleague Jordan Culver from the Orlando City Beat, who is yes. uh, leaving yes. uh, to go uh, pursue other things. So. Uh, it's been fun to work with Jordan and we, I know we talked a little bit about it last week but he finally had his his last uh, it's funny because it was like his last game and then he was his last pride game and then he like late last night he had a column that posted and it's like are you really leaving Jordan are you really leaving and uh, we also are working with Jordan to get him uh, as a guest on the show and he has uh, graciously agreed to at some point uh, when his life calmed down a little bit to doing that he's he's relocating so um a little bit busy. All right, Dave. Ask the Mainland Podcast uh, has a question from David Victor. He says, hello, Michael and Dave. Uh, hello. I've seen a lot of talk on the Twitters about Will Johnson's goal against Montreal as one of the best goals of our club's history. Where would you rank it? And if that's not number one, which goal is? My goal vote, he says, goes to Julio Baptista's goal against the Earthquakes, 6-18-2016. Okay. You may recall that was the uh, the first game after the Pulse uh, nightclub shootings. Yes. And it should have been the damn game winner, but yeah. they didn't blow the whistle for the stoppage time uh, until um, after San Jose was able to tie it up again. But what do you think, Dave? Um... For me, well, well it, all right, so first part of the question, uh, where does it rank? Um, I'd have to go back and like really truly think and look and all that, and obviously this is off the top of my head, but certainly top ten. Um, I thought it was a, a brilliant goal, uh, especially thanks to that buildup, so definitely top ten. Uh, it could crack the top five after I thought about it, but I, I don't want to say for sure at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my number one, um that's going to actually be uh, Adrian Vinter's goal um, in what was it? Was it 2015 or 2016 when oh, the, um, the 2016 opener against Real Salt Lake? The 2016 opener against Real Salt Lake. Yes, mm-hmm. um, two uh, not Vinter with two goals back to back, but two goals back to back with Vinter getting the uh, the the tying uh, goal. I was at that game, which, as everybody knows, being in Tallahassee, it's hard for me to get down. So um, I was there. Uh, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Um, you know, coming back in that last, you know, hundred seconds or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that one is number one, the, uh, Chicago, um, you know, to start out the, the MLS, um, uh, expansion side would have been, you know, that's going to be top three. Um, but uh, that Johnson one, just because of the uh, the build up and then you know his effort on it, I, I'll I'll put that up in top ten. Yeah, I, we talked a little bit about some goals earlier. I, I thought that Kaká's goal against Atlanta, when Bendik just booted it up the field and yeah. he took it down, turned and smashed it home. I thought that was an amazing goal. I definitely put this, you know, among the candidates for the top five. Venter's goal was amazing. Uh, there was a goal I cannot. Dave, remember off the top of my head who it was against right now. It was a goal Kaká scored where it was a cross into the box. He chested it down and then I think drilled it before it hit the ground. And I can't, again, I can't remember who he scored that against, but I'd have to go do some research. But that was one of the best goals I've seen from this team. Um, There was also uh, 
Dom Dwyer scored a phenomenal goal in the um, you know in the big comeback win over Portland, where he went mm-hmm. down in the box, got up, turned around, and oh scored. yeah, yeah, yeah. remember that? That was one of my favorite goals. Um, yep. Of course, I would have to say the first home victory in Orlando City MLS history. There was an incredibly well worked goal that ended up with an Eric Avila header that scored. That was a really great goal. Oh yeah, okay. Um, and then I also liked the Breck Shea give and go goal. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was also against Portland. I think uh, a, a goal that he and, and Kaká worked the back and forth a little give and go with, and he smashed home, which yep. was a really great goal. Uh, Kyle Aaron scored some unbelievable goals. Um, Rivas had a screamer against, I think, I want to say Colorado in the first year of the of Orlando City Stadium. Um, that was excellent. I mean, there's there's been some fantastic goals. There's no question. And this one was certainly up among the best. So I think that we've hit, like, m- most of the major ones, and I'm sure people will start emailing us and tell us all the, the ones we're <laughs> right. stupid for forgetting. Uh, but it's really... <laughs> It's well, and, and, you know, I mentioned the Vintergal. Well, obviously, the, the Laren goal ahead of that uh, and that comeback would, would be one as well, just because of the, the timeliness of the, the two of them back-to-back. Right. The You know, that was uh, two stoppage time goals that were pretty incredible. Um, oh, man, uh, there was uh, – I, I, here's one that wasn't even an MLS game. If you – if you remember correctly and, – and granted, these weren't great goals, but just given the, the situation – uh, Carlos Rivas, you might remember, scored a hat trick of penalties against Charleston in oh, the wow. 2015 U.S. Open Cup run. <laughs> that was that, that just yeah. that was amazing. Uh, Kyle Lahren scored a goal in 2015 at Chicago that was uh, smashed from outside the box. That was a really great goal. Um, just so many good goals, so many good goals. Uh, Pedro, but even Pedro Ribeiro had a tying goal against Columbus. That was from outside the box. That was an amazing goal. Um, you know, I think there was a comeback. There was a really great goal in a comeback tie at New York City FC. That may have also been Baptista or may have been Molino. I can't remember which one scored first. Uh, but, yeah, some fantastic yeah, I was say, finishes. Even, even given all those ones that we've mentioned, I would still have that, that Johnson header in the top ten for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I th- certainly think that if I sat down and just analyzed these goals, that it would still make the top five, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question it was just that good. But um, I really – that's really bugging me now. That goal that – that goal that Kaká chested down. I remember him – I remember clear as day and thinking what an incredible goal that was. And, and I just can't remember – it's one of the few things that I can't actually can't remember who's you know who he scored it against. against. Yeah, but because um, usually I don't have that problem. I, I I I may not remember what I had for breakfast or where I put my car keys, but I remember stupid things like uh, you know <laughs> like like um, like Baltimore Toledo was the referee on the Servando Carrasco unhandball. You know? Yes, <laughs> you know things like that. It's it's the things that stick with you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just that that's that's the kind of thing that sticks in my brain, and it has no reason to do so. But other um, than other than maybe you're like, I really hated that. Who was to blame for that? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, who knows why the brain remembers certain things and doesn't remember other things? It's like you just can't. 
can't figure it out. You just can't figure it out. I remember um, uh, Laren scored a goal in the 91st minute in 2017 against the LA Galaxy to oh, win yeah. that game. That was a, win- a game-winning goal. Yep. Um, the first goal in Orlando City Stadium history was a gorgeous goal. It was uh, Giles Barnes uh, came-, came on for Kaká, and he crossed one in, and Laren uh, headed it in oh, at yeah. the back post. I mean, Yeah, he, you know, he was only on the field for like 15 seconds or something. Yeah. I mean, and you know, people go, "Oh, it's just a normal cross and head in," but that just the the impact that that had was amazing. Yeah. And and I've never heard a building of any size, and even like four or five times the size of that building, get that loud. Right. When 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 Laren put that ball in the net in on opening day, and I was actually in the in the supporters standing section uh, for that that goal, uh, and, and it was. I've never heard anything louder. It was like a jet airplane taking off right next to your ear. And you've been to Ohio State Buckeyes football games. Yeah, 105,000 people don't sound that loud. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and they get pretty loud. Yeah. I will tell you this. It wasn't a great goal, but I have never celebrated more than when Antonio Nocherino finally scored a goal <laughs> against, New, against New England in 2017. I wanted that guy to score so badly, and he yeah. finally did. He finally did. Oh, man. I, I uh, love this because we're bringing up so many people that, you know, so many players that have played for us that I'm like, oh, man, he was great. I loved him. Oh, man, I miss him. You know, and, and it's not <laughs> that they would be, you know, any good for us right now. But, you know, you have these fond memories of, you know, the Beast or No Torino or, you know, even Kyle Aaron. I mean, you know, and, of course, Adrian Venter. Everybody loves Adrian Venter, um, including me. I'm not going to I'm not going to hate on the man. Uh, I don't think he needs to be here, but you know, I loved him when he was here. Um, so it's kind of cool to to think back on all that and be like, "Oh yeah, remember that goal from so and so?" I mean, you just can go on forever. I mean, uh, ten men, ninety third minute, your center back gets to the end line and crosses it back for Stefano Pino to score the tying goal. That was last year's opener. Yeah, against DC United. What a goal that was! Yeah. <clears throat> Crazy amounts of good goals that this team have has scored, I, and I, I think we would if just think if we're a, like followed a normal team that scores a ton more goals, <laughs> they wouldn't be as they wouldn't be as special. It wouldn't be as memorable. We would forget them we all. Would be, we would forget them all because there would be more. Uh, I want to give kudos to David for asking a a question got, that got us off on to a five to ten minute uh, discussion about great goals. Good question, man. Yeah. Somebody should write this up. Like, if we had a website or something, somebody could write that up and, and do a I'm, post on that. I'm thinking I might call that this week. All right. Well, that would be good. David, yeah. thank you so much for the question and for being nice and saying hello at the beginning. A lot of people just dive right into the question, but you, uh, we, you did not do that. We do appreciate politeness. <laughs> but that Baptista goal against the earthquakes was pretty good. He took his shirt off. I remember taking his shirt off and going, ah, awesome. That's worth a yellow card. And then those assholes gave up a goal at the other end. It's like, Breck Shea clears the ball and you think the whistle's going to blow. Nope. He gives them nope. another, gives them one more attack and then they score off of it. It's like, yeah. Son of a... Alright. Um, let's see. What else we got? We got Lee Gavlik with a question. Friend of the pod, Lee Gavlik. Yeah, he's got two questions, actually. Uh, his first question that Lee asks, is it just me? Or does João Moutinho bear a strong resemblance to a very young Ray Romano? <laughs> I, I've been I. What's funny is I've been trying to figure out who the heck he looks like ever since he arrived. You're not wrong. 
I can see it. <laughs> oh, man. Leah, I'm going to take the opposing argument and say it's just you, but also it's just you and Dave. It's me, too. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that he looks exactly like him, but I can see where he's going with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you squint really hard, maybe. <laughs> Well, you gotta remember, you said young. I mean, we're talking uh, like yeah. pre Ray Romano before we knew Ray Ma- Romano. I mean, I, you have I, to I, use your imagination. I, you know, I used to watch a lot of Comedy Central, so I, I saw Ray do a lot of stand up before he was famous, and he didn't look. Okay, like Ray that. Romano <laughs> with a tan. Uh, still no, still getting a no yeah. on that. All right. uh, Lee also wants to know uh, any other Orlando City or Pride players that you think have a celebrity lookalike. Ooh, uh, um, I gotta think about that for a second. Do you have any? Well, it just reminded me of a, a, you know, one of our, uh, one of our writers a few years ago when we first started the site, Andrew Marcinko did a celebrity lookalike, um, uh, column about the Orlando City players and, you know, at that time, Harrison Heath was with the team, and he has a Justin Bieber comparison to him. Um, <laughs> okay. He had, uh, he had he had Breck Shea as Brienne of Tarth. Um, <laughs> he had, there were some good ones. There were some good ones. Um, I think Kyle Laren had a, a passing resemblance to Bernie Mac. Um, but no, it was. Uh, I don't. I don't know that there's a lot of. Celebrity lookalikes on the Pride or the Lions that I can think of. I'm, I'm probably just like I, I feel somebody. like Uri Rosell probably looks like somebody that we're not thinking of. Um, I think he has a kind of a. He's a little bit reminiscent of the guy who played uh, Doctor Cox on Scrubs. Okay. All right. Yeah. A little know, bit. A little uh, bit. more hair. More hair would, but yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a. You know, I wouldn't call him a lookalike. But uh, no, you know, take no. away the the red beard, and he's kind of got a little bit of a, a Doctor Cox vibe to him. Um, but no, I, I don't. I don't think so. We could we can make the obvious jokes about Sasha and his mustache, but we, we've we've made those before, so we don't have to do that right now. Mm. <sighs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. All right, uh, I can't think of anybody, Lee. Yeah, we're just going to take I, up I, people's time sitting here trying to think. So, I'll tell you what, if, if I come up with any between now and next week, I'll let, yeah. I'll let you know next yeah, week. We, we need to give it some more some more thought, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 sure Cam Lindley looks like some famous teenage well, sure heartthrob punk. You know, I don't know. You know? That, 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 uh, somebody that we don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the thing is we, you know, our idea of celebrities are like Stellan Skarsgård and Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and all these guys are young. Like, everybody we know is old. Yeah, exactly. Uh, By the way, Chernobyl was phenomenal. Don't tell me anything. I'm behind. All right. Well, the finale was good, too. Yeah, I know. I got to... I'm catching up tomorrow. All right. All right. uh, I think that might be all that I have in the email box. So that might be it for our uh, mailbox this week. I'm not seeing anything... If there was anything else, I didn't star it, and I usually star them. So, and if I would we miss say, it, we're sorry. Let us know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we don't have an extra week. Yeah. You know. All right, that'll do it. You can uh, write us and ask us anything by hitting us up on Twitter at the mainland with the hashtag #AskTMLPC, 
And you can also hit us up on the email at themainland at gmail.com. Those are the two ways you can ask us anything. Thank you to everyone who sent email this week. Also, what you could do is, if you're so inclined, is you could leave us a five-star rating and a review to go with it on iTunes, and we will read that on the air. Like, Nani, you should do that. We're we're talking to you directly right now, Nani. Yeah, because, you know, you have time when you travel and stuff, and, like, this weekend you don't even have a game. So there's no reason you can't find, like, ten minutes. And I know English isn't your first language, but I think you speak it well enough. You know, we have Google Translate, whatever. Yeah, you can even write it in Portuguese, and we'll we're fine. Tra- Google Translate it, and that'll that'll work. Yeah, so. we'll we'll give you all the benefit of the doubt, and and of course that goes for anybody else too. I mean, you know, not just Nani, but That's anybody. Right. We'll we'll read anybody's five star review comments. That's right. So what I think we're saying is that if you leave us a five star review, we'll read it on the air, whether you're Nani or not. I think that's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. All right, so we haven't had a five-star review since the May 10th Ski Bob review. So, uh, anyway, that's uh, just about our show, I think, because we don't have a an Orlando City predictions uh, to do. No, we don't. There's no, uh, there's no preview. There's no predictions. So, uh, you no. got a I mean, really, I'll... you got a really long I'll... podcast tonight for no apparent reason. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll make a prediction that the U.S. Women's National Team wins. Okay, you can you can make that prediction. I yeah, mean, I'm, go, I'm going off, I'm going off on a limb there. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm going to save you the embarrassment of asking you who the key mat what the key matchup is for OCB against forward Madison. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. don't say I never gave you anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That's the one team we're ahead of in the standings, so it's all good. Yeah. So we'll be back again next week to do it all over. We will. Um, I think in years past we've taken a week off when we've done these kind of things, but uh, I don't we're think not we can this that. time. We can't. I mean, we owe it to our legions of fans like Nani to yes. keep this going. And if we don't keep it going, you know, Nani's going to get mad, and then he won't answer my questions in the post game press conference. It'll just be a big thing. It'll be um, a thing. Nani's feud with the Orlando media will blow up, and it'll be all over the MLS site. They'll blame us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're low-hanging fruit for blame. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we'll be back next week. We'll talk about the two U.S. men's national team friendlies against Jamaica and Venezuela. We'll talk about OCB against Madison. We will, of course, talk about the World Cup match between the U.S. and Thailand, although by the time... Yeah, by the time we record, the game will have only been over for like a couple hours. Um so we'll have all of that. We will preview the Memphis U.S. Open Cup game. I'm going to try to find somebody from Memphis blog to uh, or, or podcast to talk to about that. I've I, I've done some research, and there's not a, a like a strong number of <laughs> Memphis 901 <laughs> FC blogs and podcasts out there. But I did find surely one. they're listening though. So I, just I did, contact us. Yeah, I did find one that I will reach out to. So we'll okay. preview that, and we'll of course. Uh, we'll have some Pride games coming up then with uh, the Pride going to Houston to take a beating against the Dash, probably. Uh, probably. A, couple of, a couple OCB games uh, coming up, and, uh, of course, some more U.S. run in the World Cup as they will have Chile and Sweden uh, still to come in group play. So lots and lots to get to. 
get well soon, Carlos Asquez. Get well soon, Dom Dwyer. Take this time off to just, you know, sleep in a, a hyperbaric chamber. Um, I mean, Dom. Whatever the some, heck you got to do. Dom, get some sleep while you can because Sid's going to give birth soon. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know, you got you to do what you got to do. And we'll do it all again next week. So, uh, you can find us on Twitter. He's at Mainland Dave. I'm at Mainland Michael. And, of course, the site is at The Mainland. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done that. And leave us a five-star review and read our stuff at TheMainland.com. I think that covers everything, Dave. I believe it does. I think we've done a, a uh, not great job, but, you know, we're finished. Yeah, if you're and if you're interested in other kinds of writing that aren't even necessarily sports related, I did launch a new website this week called You did, Man. yeah. It's called MichaelLikesToWrite.com. I don't know how often it will be updated, but you can uh, if you join the email list, you can sign up and then you'll get an email when there's a new post, so you won't have to like check back every so often. It'll be like really low maintenance kind of thing. You won't you won't get spammed like daily or anything like that. So. I've, um, I've I've read the first post. Go out and read it, people. All right, so that's michaellikestowrite.com, and, uh, you know, leave me feedback there, too, because uh, I'm interested to, to hear what you have to say about anything. So that'll do it. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll put a bow on episode number 165 of the Mainland Podcast. And on behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro, signing off the way I always do by saying, Go City, Go Pride, Go OCB. Go United States of America.